You heard me say it, and I believe it wholeheartedly, that if you lead with identity, everything else will follow. But I've had the experience in my work of coming in contact with individuals who want what follows, but aren't willing to lead with identity. It used to bother me and I could not figure out why they did not want to lead with identity. Then it dawned on me that people think that doing identity work means that you're broken. When in fact, it has nothing to do with brokenness and it's not an attempt to fix you. Identity work is about coming in alignment with who you are and not fixing, but honoring who you are and building a brand that is most authentic to who you are. So if you're ready to leave with identity and become a supernormal superstar, visit YourSupernormal.com right now and let's do the work. Blog Talk Radio. Have you ever gotten to a place in life where you find yourself asking, what now? That's right. What now? Circumstances and situations have happened. You feel as if you've been hit from the left and the right. You feel as if nothing that you do ends up working out the way that you desire for it to work out. And you just don't know what you need to do right now. The reality is we've all been there. And sometimes we've been there without the tools, techniques, and strategies to help us make effective decisions to produce the future that we desire. You don't have to do this alone anymore. I invite you to listen to my podcast. That's right. My name is Clifton Pettyjohn. I'm a purpose strategist, author, transformation coach, and spiritual leader. And I host the What Now Podcast. And the What Now Podcast is simply conversations that teach us how to effectively face life's most difficult moments. That's right, life's most difficult moments. So if you're interested in hearing the podcast, I encourage you to visit my website, www.cliftonpettyjohn.com. Again, www.cliftonpettyjohn.com. There, there's a tab for the podcast, and you can pick your favorite platform. We're available on multiple platforms, so you can pick your favorite platform, Pick the platform, subscribe to the podcast, listen, 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 comment, 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 and share, 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 all right? So I encourage you, again, make sure that you are listening to the What Now Podcast. What's up, everybody? My name is Clifton Pettyjohn, and you are listening to Transformation Radio, where we transform lives through purposeful conversation.
what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Transformation Radio. That's right, Transformation Radio, where we transform lives through purposeful conversations, regardless of how uncomfortable and unpopular those conversations are. Again, my name is Clifton Pettyjohn. I'm a purpose strategist, author, transformation coach, and spiritual leader. I provide tools and strategies to transition you from a life of merely existing to living a life full of purpose, all right? And that's to each and every one of you that's listening. We all have the ability to live an abundant life full of purpose. Now, of course, if you listen to the show, you've heard my story, you've heard our guest story, and tonight we have another amazing guest. She has such a powerful story. You're going to hear some of our processes that got us into that state of transformation and the transitions we experienced, you know, to discover that purpose was always right inside of us. So we want you to understand that your purpose is tangible as well. All right? So listen, I want to hit a few things before I get to the guests. First, guys, you hear my intro. I don't like it, okay? And you know I've been trying to work with the intro forever. If you are out there, you are listening, you are an independent artist, you are willing to sit down with me and talk about writing an intro song for our show. The song has to be about transformation. I just want to sit, give you the idea, and I want you to get sick, crazy, and creative with it. And we'll go from there. We can discuss the logistics just in sitting down. So if you're interested in that, I want you to reach out to me. You can call our office at 302-648-5544. Leave a message letting us know that you're calling about the show intro song, all right? Because I'm ready to take the show to the next level, but I feel like to take it to the next level, our intro has to be right, guys. And listen, I have a lot of gifts, talents, and abilities. Music is not one, all right? Some of you heard me sing on here. You heard me sing on the podcast. That's not anything that needs to be done publicly at all, but I do it anyway. But I want somebody that is just crazy, that is willing to go as far out as possible to create a song that fits this show, all right? Number two, I want to speak to our audience as well because many of you guys are churchgoers. You you attend church, um, and you have relationships with God. I want to encourage those of you that are at a struggle right now because today I know that uh, 45 did uh, make steps to, or not even make steps to do it. He actually did it. He officially stated that church churches were essential businesses. Therefore, that means that churches are going to be opening up. There's mixed feelings. I understand both sides of it. But my encouragement to those of you that are out there and you don't feel convicted to go, you you understand that God moves virtually just as much as he moves in person. I don't want you to be discouraged when you hear other people attempt to attack your um, faith in God or your belief in God because you choose to worship him virtually. Understand, I understand both sides. But I want you to be encouraged to understand, do whatever it is that you feel personally convicted to do. Don't feel pressured to do anything. Understand that God is far beyond the four walls of the building. 
and that when we understand what ministry is, is can be effective everywhere, then we can begin to understand God even more, okay? So I just wanted to encourage you that we're out there because I know some of you are wrestling with that on tonight, but I don't want you to wrestle with it. I want you to understand God is not subject to a building. And if this pandemic has taught us one thing, that should have been one of the things that it taught us is that, you know, we have the ability to still experience a move of God far beyond the building, okay? So let's go. As you all know, our show is not like a normal show. It is not a normal interview. We have conversations. Why? Because I believe that there is power behind conversations. I believe that when we connect with the right conversationalist, then they begin to unlock dreams, gifts, talents, and abilities that have, we have suppressed and haven't quite yet been discovered. They have the ability to water them. They have the ability to plant them, whatever part they play in it, so that God can add the increase. So that's why we use a conversation here on this show. And I'm a big proponent of organic conversation, organic conversation, not where it's staged, not where any of that goes on, but we allow the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKadosh, we allow God just to have his way. So tonight's no different. But we want you involved in the conversation as well. And you know I open up the phone lines throughout the entire show. Why? Because we want you guys joining the conversation, whether it's with your questions or you want to add something to the subject that we're discussing. With that said, I remind you, each and every one of my guests come from a different background and many have different belief systems. Transformation Radio is a safe space for individuals to express their belief systems without being judged, without feeling attacked, and without feeling as if they're wrong, okay? So if something is said by me or my guests that you disagree with, again, you have the right to disagree. However, let's make sure when we call in, we do that in a respectful manner. Why? Because when we learn to respect each other, man, the possibilities are endless. And we can learn so much from each other. We don't have to agree with everything that each other believes, but we can learn so much from each other. I feel like I, I used to be a closed-minded person, and one of the things that, I learned when I began to open up my mind more and travel a little bit was that I was missing out on so much because I had been so close-minded because of, you know, personal beliefs and what was told to me, and I adapted myself. So this is a space for you to open up your mind a little bit. Not saying you have to grab everybody's belief system, you know, have your own personal convictions but hear their story to understand how they came from where they came from and where they are now, all right? So, again, you can call in. I do have to limit callers' times to one minute. That's right, one minute so that everybody has an opportunity to talk. The call-in number is 516-387-1756. Again, 516-387-1756. All right, guys, you've heard enough of me. 
You probably want me to shut up. No, you don't. Y'all enjoy it. I, I hear your feedback, and I appreciate it. Now, tonight we have another amazing guest. You know the theme for this month has been women. We have been focusing on mothers and daughters and sisters and women that are just changing this world in ways that years ago never would have been thought and or imagined. Tonight we're continuing with that same theme. We have Mrs. Wanda Booth with us, and she is a veteran, a professional speaker, a professional coach, a trainer, and a financial advisor, guys. So without further ado, I want each and every one of you to help me welcome Wanda to the show. Wanda, how are you tonight? Hi. Hey, Cliff. I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for having me. Awesome. 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 Again, I want, want to thank you for your willingness to join us on tonight and your willingness to share with us. We know that after we hear from you, and I say this to every guest because I believe it before I invite you on the show, I believe that this yeah. conversation is going to literally transform the lives of our listening audience, those who are listening live and those that will hear the replay. Amen. I'm in, in prayer all day, so I'm ready. I'm Come ready. On. I'm one of his warriors, so you guys are all right. get ready. <laughs> Let's go. All right, here we go. So, I always start every conversation with an icebreaker, the same icebreaker. I haven't, I don't think I've ever not used this one unless I have somebody on two times. But here's the question. If you had one superpower, what would that superpower be and why? (laughs) Okay. Mine's, all right, you got to, I have to work with me on this one. So I want to move things with my mind. It is what oh, it is. Wow. I, I, I do. I want to be able to have that power. It's like this movie called Matilda back in the days, I think, and she was mm-hmm. able to, you know how you just take your hand and just move things? So I like mm-hmm. to drive, but sometimes people get on my nerves when I drive, and I'm not one of those who would flick you <laughs> off or cuss or nothing, but I truly want to just be able to just take the car and move it. I know that sounds horrible, but I just want to be able to move things. That's it. <laughs> Listen, I definitely understand that. (laughs) I get it. I get it. You know, I definitely get it. Telekinesis, I think that's what it's called. Yeah, yeah, but it's uh Yeah. Yeah, And listen, I can understand with that traffic because sometimes I, where did you get your driver's license from? Are you serious right now? I get it. I get it. (laughs) But the reason why I ask this question I'm going to explain to you why I asked this question because it never fails. It always happens. Many of many people always answer this question according to what it is that they've been created and designed to do. And as mm. a speaker, an advisor, and all that you do, trainer, all that you do, you speak and it moves people with the mind. It transforms their mind. It causes them to make moves in different patterns and, and, you know, in different routes. It reroutes them, you know. So that's why I always like to start every conversation with that question because everybody answers it according to their purpose. And sometimes we don't even realize it. That's just how powerful it is. Yeah, that's cool. I like that because I do. I like moving things. I like when water moves. That's that's cool. I like it. I like it. (laughs) 
So now we're going to go into our game, uh, word association. I'm going to throw some words out there at you. You can either give a one-word answer, you can give a phrase. And I forgot to tell you this while you were off, while we were off the air. But if you can mm-hmm. sing, I tell people all the time, if you can sing and a song comes <laughs> to mind, you want to sing a song from the word, you are welcome to do that as well, okay? <laughs> okay, I might do it. I can't sing, but I still sing. <laughs> See, I was just talking about that with myself. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I joined the choir. I'm, <laughs> I'm not sober. It's the choir. <laughs> so the first word is life. Life. Mm. Oh. Okay. Life to me, I just feel, I'm going to say mushy. Because I feel, because I don't want to mm. say, I know a lot of people want to say it's big, it's abundant, and then some people may say it kind of mm. sucks or something, but I don't. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's like Play-Doh. You know, you can form it and transform it into anything you want. Like, you can mold it, or you can just squish it and start over. So life to me is like Play-Doh, or, yeah, it's like Play-Doh. Something's mushy. You can form it, shape it, make it into a ball. You have the power to do whatever you want to do to, to move it. And shape it. But that's it. That's it. I like that. Now I have a question from that. How did you uh-huh. get to that understanding that life can be like Play-Doh, uh, and regardless of what you know, we sometimes we develop habits of saying, "Take whatever life hands me. This is my lot." How did you get to the place where you understood you had the authority, you had the power inside of you to shape and mold it into whatever it is that you desire? Um, for me, it was truly as a young age. So unlike a lot of people, especially the young kids now, my own children, I was raised by four generation of women. So I had my great, great grandmother, okay. great grandmother, grandmother, and my mother living with us. You know, wow. we all stay within a, like a house a block apart. So I had 90 yeah. year old aunts. You know, my one great aunt passed away at 104, we think, or 100. And, um, because she stopped counting. That's why we don't really know. <laughs> she said, once you get hit 100, right. you don't count anymore. <laughs> She's funny. But I, had, I was surrounded by older people and older women. And for me, with them, I knew, I mean, growing up as, uh, you know, um, African-American, you know, black American, mm-hmm. growing up was hard. I grew up in kind of in the South and a very hard life. But they always told yeah. me you can always – deal with things. They always brought people in. They always fed people. So I grew up knowing that Mm -hmm. if I wanted not to be on drugs or if I didn't want to have a baby early, I can choose my story. I can choose what I want to do. So I'm going to say they pretty much, I grew up knowing I can do believe. And I, I was one of those girls, they put me in the church like every single day. I was in lodge. I was in choir. I was singing. I was doing everything. So I had that faith base to believe that truly, I truly believe God was my daddy. I was one of those young ones. So I just do that. Yeah, I was I was born in faith. Hmm. Awesome, awesome. Okay. Now the next word is transition, transition. Mm. Transition, I'm going to say move through. I, I We're going to stick on the theme of mm. moving, but I see transition is moving through in order to I see like a butterfly. In order to transition and to go through, you have to go through the caliper stage. You have to be set alone. You have to fight your way out of the um, cocoon. You're going to have to go out there and try to find your net there. You're going every step of the way 
and transition and get to the next level, they're going to have to move through it. So we may look at this phase of stuck, but it's not because that's what's going to be 10 steps from now. So just keep moving through. Mm-hmm. Just keep moving through. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, piggybacking right off of that, momentum. Mm-hmm. Ah, don't stop. You could take a take a knee. That's what. So in the army, we have a term called take a knee, right? And I think in sports, when coach is done and something's hard, you get on your knee and you take your helmet off and you re relook at what um, happened in the past or what the plays were or what the mission was. So for me, momentum is just you can stop because a lot of people tell you don't stop, don't sleep, don't rest. I'm not from that um, from that theory. I believe in sleep. I believe in rest. I believe in taking care of yourself. But what I do believe, you should take a knee, but never in your mind quit. And I think it's different from quitting and letting the body rest versus in your mind when you quit. Because that's when you the soul leaves. You know what I'm saying? So don't let the soul quit right. on you. Just always stay movement. Mm-hmm. And I think people need to hear what you just said about it's okay to take a knee. It's okay to take care of you because I think a lot of, I'm a literal person. So when I, when you, I used to be so literal, like it was just like crazy to a degree. (laughs) That's the only way I know how to describe it. Like if you tell me something, I'm going to take it literally. So when people used to tell me you can't quit, in my mind, Mm. taking a break to allow myself to be restored and replenished, that was quitting. And that's why I feel like so many people need to hear what you just said. Even in the military, you said it. You know, you guys had to take a knee, you know, but don't Mm -hmm. quit. Don't quit. Now, let's talk about that from the the military standpoint. Um, Mm -hmm. How did the military help shape your view on life and transition and momentum <laughs> and all of those things? Oh, my goodness. Well, let's see. I joined at 17. Um, okay. So I tell people that I joined at 17 to let them realize that I turned 18 in uniform. I was still a child. I mean, my wow. grandmother had to sign me up. And now that I'm 45 and I have kids of my own, right, my son will be 17 this year, and I look at him like, oh, my goodness, at your little tender age, my young kid, I was looking <laughs> to find out how to go to college. He's not ready. Wow. <laughs> you right, know what right. I get it. I get it's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's my baby, but he ain't ready. Right. But um, right, right. at 17, I raised my hand. And so as I tell people, and I wrote this in my book was, so I wrote a book called Insight 2020. It's about the 20 insights mm-hmm. that I've gained in the military. And one of the things I put, um, I love dedication out to all the NCOs, all the leaders and everyone in the military. I said, when I tell you guys that I love my sergeants and they were like my daddy, we used to call like one platoon daddy. I said, I want you to understand that is a term of, of adornment, that it was someone who cared enough about me to make sure, because I wasn't his biological child, but he took care of me when we was, I was stationed in Germany to make sure I didn't do anything stupid, if you will, when I was 18 and 19 right, right, right. hanging out in Germany. You know? So those are the people who raised me. So I tell people when I turned 18, I had other men and women raising me. I saw them as my parents and as my aunties and uncles. I turned 21. 
in the military. I had my first child, my second and third child. My friends were military. So my whole life was in this bubble. And then my dad was in the Air Force, so I grew up as a military brat. So all I knew was this cocoon of service. And so shaping me is my whole life. And that we'll talk about that for any veterans here, me getting out. That's where the struggle was. The military was easy for me. I loved it. I did 25 years. God bless it. I love every moment. But when I got out, I I totally had that withdrawal. I miss the people. I miss the structure. I miss the titles. I miss the routine. It was very difficult for me um, to transition out. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the transition and out because that actually was where I was going next. So how was that? Okay. Like, like you were talking about how you missed it. Like you wake up that that day, the day after, <laughs> and how was that first day? Like that very first day. <laughs> okay, so okay, I'm gonna be a little long winded, but I'm gonna answer the question. You're good. So we're gonna. Okay, so here it is. So the first thing when you get out for me, I slept. So literally, my kids would tell you. So I got my DD-214, you get your, your um, paperwork, right, called DD-214, you're done with the military. I slept literally like a week. Like, I don't even think I, I woke up, took a shower, maybe, I don't know if I fed my kids, I was in a coma. I was just so tired. I didn't realize how many years of movement, momentum, and being on the go was in me. Like, you don't know what you carry. Because to you, you think it's normal. You think it's your job. But then when I didn't have any more phone calls, I didn't have to respond to no one, I slept. I just slept. So the first week was cool. Then um, a couple months, a couple weeks later after that, I took leave. So we went on vacation. I haven't seen my mother. uh, It was her 60th birthday, actually. She turned 60 um, two years ago. And um, my kids, my brother kids, my sister kids, all of us got there because my mom wished for her sister birthday to have all eight grandkids because, of course, my military duties, it was my, it was always me. It was either I didn't show up for that Christmas or my kids, and then I have two separate marriages, so my older son was with his dad, so we all go to North Carolina, but he couldn't go. And then my other husband had his son, and then I go, then he couldn't go. You know, so I was always a child or a grandchild missing or either I was deployed. So my mother didn't have all three kids of her wish and all her eight grandkids together. So we fulfilled that. We took family photos and it was all dependent on me because I was always a missing child. So I went after uh, that, I just fulfilled, like go visit friends. I visit my family. I just loved on people. And I was, you know, I was happy, you know, talking trash, you know, no more military. You can't tell me what to do. <laughs> so I was happy. So here's where the happiness wears off. So that lasts about two months or so. So for two months, two and a half, I was good. Now here's the sad part. So the worst part for me, and I want my federal regiment to hear it because you're not alone, is I was on the couch. So my older son, I think he was like 21, so he's older. He was 21 at the time. And um, I was on the couch, and he looked at me. He said, Ma, are you supposed to go to work today? I said, yeah. He said, okay. And then went back downstairs. He's in college. And then I, you know, did my life. Next day, I'm on the couch. And he's like, Ma, are you supposed to go to work today? I'm like, yeah. He's like, hmm. So he just did his thing. He didn't say nothing. The third day, and then my son was like, Ma, I need you to call VA. I said, yeah, I think so, huh? He's like, something's not right. 
you need to call VA. So my kids were very aware of, because I had multiple deployments, um, I was an officer, so I did command and everything. So I had a very hard career, which was a good career, but just very, I took a lot of hard assignments. And my children were aware, my older son especially, of PTSD and also the mm-hmm. withdrawal you have in the military. And he's also a neurologist uh, major. So the, I live with teacher psychiatrist. So he pretty much knew something was wrong with me. And we called VA and got me an appointment to go and talk to them about missing and then just saying, like, I miss my friends. I want to go to PT again. I And I haven't been a PT, so I was a senior officer. I haven't done PT in years. Like, you know, ugh, I do it on my own. But I miss waking up in the morning with people. I miss the good morning, ma'am. I miss the hugs. I miss going to lunch with my friends. I miss having a mission. I just miss it so much. And the civilians that I work with, to me, like, they didn't say good morning. And I was just like, oh, good morning. Like, you don't speak. Yeah. Like, little things like that irritated me. And yeah. I just couldn't – it was hard, man. <laughs> That's it. So that was my first 90 days, if you will. It start, I slept, had fun, and then had to go to VA. That was it. Wow. Okay. So – so did you go through therapy to help with that transition once you contacted me? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. Yes, okay, I had okay. to go through therapy. Yes, I, so I did therapy, and I was so excited about it because um, unlike a lot of veterans, I'm okay with therapy. I've been in therapy for years, maybe while I was in the service because I did some deployments, mm-hmm. and, you know, we had um, some combat tours, and I commanded in combat. So there was a lot of issues and things. So I've been seeing someone mm-hmm. for years and I'm fine with that. I had abuse abusive relationship. So I'm okay with therapy and I'm very comfortable talking about mental health awareness and health, which is mental mm-hmm. health awareness month. Um yes. but it's about going. Now here's another thing that I would tell you and I'll be very transparent to people with so I went to therapy. Yes it worked. I loved it. I started going back to work. I was doing well and I started selling. Then I stopped going to therapy. So when mm-hmm. things go well, you don't go to therapy anymore. So I stopped, <laughs> and then I fell into another funk a year and a half later, and then I just had to get back on it. So that's another thing I watch people with. Like Once you go and get any kind of help or any kind of assistance and it's working, you have to continue it. You just can't go, mm-hmm. you know, oh, it works. I'm good. I'm happy now because you need it for maintenance for maintenance you know you need to have maintenance so yeah so that was it so that was my story as far as that so yes I did go through therapy and talk to someone just talk to someone about the transition someone who understood and uh, what I was going through and also another thing that would help is getting around other veterans who was getting out and some of my Mm -hmm. friends and they will call me like how is it how how's it over there and I was like Honey, go and leave. Make sure you do this. And just having fun with them. Then I started yeah. hanging out with my friends again. And then it, then it started coming back a little normal, and it made it a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason why I brought the therapy up, and you actually hit the point because we talk about it on here a lot. Um, I, okay. talk, I always share my story of how I went to therapy, especially after my divorce. But I stopped going. Things were great. I stopped going. And it was actually my second show. I've been doing this show over a year now. But on my second show, I had my one of my mentees as a guest. 
and she was talking about domestic violence and different things like that. And she was talking about how she had to go back to therapy for things that she thought, you know, everything was going great. And then boom, something hit her, something triggered something. And she went back to therapy and it was like right on the show. I had one of them Oprah aha moments. You need to call your therapist. And I called him the next day. So I was glad that you brought yeah. up the aftercare because sometimes we get so excited because we see such a change that we forget that there still has to be some aftercare there. Yeah, I relate now therapy to me is I, I call it like you, everyone needs a, a, a annual checkup, like your dental. So yeah, I, I wrote about absolutely. and I told my and I tell my um my my divas I call them mastermind divas and we always talk about mm-hmm. life and business and I tell them to me therapy is like your dental appointment. Some of us need more dental care than others, right? I need more at that mm-hmm. time. You get your work done. Sometimes you need braces and teeth pulled, you know, surgery, whatever, root canal. Absolutely. Okay, then after all that stuff is done, you still have to go every six months to get a cleaning or make sure cavities, yeah. things like that. So if you treat your mental health the same way you treat your physical health, like I in People, I tell you now, you need to take physically care of like once a year at least to get your checkup to make sure all your blood work is done, right? And then dental care at least once a year, but preferably twice a year. Same thing with your mental health. Mm-hmm. I would tell you, I'm on every right. six months. I think you need to go and see somebody. Even if you feel not, just to talk something out every year, you definitely need to go just to say where you've been that year and what you plan on doing for the next year. It will make you feel so much better. And I, 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 it's a checkup. And now I, I, I don't miss an appointment. I brag about it. I have so many people now. I wrote about it in my book. I'm like the therapy queen now. I'm like, yeah, you need to go to therapy. <laughs> I'm an advocate. <laughs> I get it. I, I definitely understand. I took therapy changed my life. Like it really changed mm. my outlook on life, and it rescued me in a time that I needed to be rescued. I, I I'm a big advocate for it. So now let's talk about, uh, you talked about being deployed uh, in different countries. You mentioned Germany. How did spending time in other countries change your perspective perspective and outlook on life? Or did it at all? Oh, yes, yes. So I have this thing, and like you said, I heard you saying the show, so no one get mad at me the way I say this. Hopefully it stays this correctly. Just say it with love. Don't be mean to me. But I do have a right. habit sometimes. I just like American, and I say American because there's no creed, there's no race, there's no uh, culture. If you're a, if you live in this country, you bless. I don't care where you come from. You're blessed if you're right. in this country. And I tell people Absolutely. as Americans, uh, because in other countries, literally, I went. In Iraq, I was playing with kids. We gave them, like, soccer balls. They, a brand-new soccer ball was their life. It was exercise. It mm. was fun. It was a way to be community. You give a kid now a soccer ball, they look at you like, and what is this for? You know, kids <laughs> over there, you, you know, hustling to trying to make $2 yeah. a feed. You know, and these are kids, like, five-year-olds on their street. And I've seen it, like, yeah. in Mexico, five, what, four-year-olds literally on the street selling chiclets and selling food just to try to make money. And in America, mm-hmm. we have 17-year-olds who don't want to even go to work. So 
Mm. I just think we're blessed. I think the water system is blessed. Yes, there are some areas that could do better as far as the water system, but I have drunk water in places that I know there is a God. Because I'm like, dear Lord, please don't let me die over here. Like, the water was just like, and they were fine with it because that's all they know. And, of course, they build up antibodies for that. But we're so blessed in America. And just the way we treat people, um, I think we need to have more love. And I make comments about that a lot. Mm. I think as Americans, um, no matter their gender or race or creed or beliefs, we need to treat everyone with love and respect because when I went to other countries, they want the same thing. They want to have a safe home. They want a clean area, clean environment. They want their kids to grow up safe. They want their love. They want to be in love. They want to have food, and they want clothes on their back. And they just want to have good friends and music to laugh at. It's just like us. No one, they, no one wants war. No one wants violence. You know, no one wants to be threatened or have their family taken away from them. No one wants that. And I think we have to realize, and as America. Americans, that we're very blessed to have the freedoms and the right to say what you want to say. Because some countries, you can't mm-hmm. pick from the things you say in America. I've seen that, too, right. as we was over there. You would be killed. And for you to be able to have the right to protest and picket and anything, and even the boycott, is unheard of in other countries. So be blessed. As you're picketing, as you're boycotting, or as you're making a stand, but also do it in love. Just do it in love because in other countries, if they had the strength to do that, they would be shot on the spot. So I'll just say do it in love, and there's better ways to have our policy change. And it's not for one person or another. I just think everyone in America need to have more love and compassion in their heart. That's it. Okay. So now let's talk about love. Now, going back to the mm-hmm. game, the word is love. What's the first mm-hmm. thing that comes to mind when you hear that word love? Oh, God. God. When I hear love, mm-hmm. truly, I I am a woman of faith, and I do say God. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe mm-hmm. that there is one God. However, I believe there is multiple mm-hmm. ways to say the word God, if you will, or to say his mm-hmm. being because he is so infinite that he cannot be compared to just a three letters. And you're ridiculous to right. think three letters can hold him. I, I don't believe that. Right. I Like in any language, you could say hola, you can say bonjour, you can also say aloha, then God can be the steady thing as well. It's all about culture, and it's all about their understanding of what that concept of hello means, the same concept of love means. So for me, God is love is how do you treat people and do you believe there's something bigger than you and that you're not so self-absorbed? Because if you have love, then you have no room to hate and hurt and cuss and be mean to people. And by cuss, I'm not saying like little cuss words or something. I mean truly mm-hmm. the cursing of hoping ill will for people that or mm-hmm. you know, just doing the mean things like, you know, killing, shooting, hunting people. I mean, that, come on now. That's nonsense. That is not of God. That's not love. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I totally agree with everything you said there, especially with the, you know, how you broke it down with how we have other words and other languages that we can't constrain God to those three letters. And I think that when we 
understand that, then we could begin to love each other a lot more versus trying to make everybody think like, I want you to think like I think. <laughs> no, sometimes <laughs> we need the thought processes sometimes to help us solve some of the problems that we have. And if we could get mm-hmm. past the fact that they don't sound like us, look like us, walk like us, talk like us, make the decisions we make, then we could honestly see ourselves in a better light than we're in right now. So I, I totally agree with that. Now, we talked about love. We talked about God. Faith. Mm. Oh. <laughs> All right. So the word faith, I'm going to have to do what my son would tell you. I don't have a word for it. I'm going to tell you, I put my hands up in the air right now, and I'm like, whoo, Lord, I thank you. That's it. That's that's my word. It's it. emotion. Uh, is my hand mm-hmm. my hair is my hand is literally raising the air right now when you said faith I'm like oh Lord because all I can do is have a flashback of where I've been mm-hmm. and that to me mm-hmm. is faith like I don't even have a word for it I just have my life right. like honey if you all knew me then then ooh, right. that's faith <laughs> and, and I like what you said you said <laughs> if you see me my hands are raised. It provokes you to to a, a state of surrender. That's the only thing yes. that you can really define it as. Like, I know where I've been. You might not know the whole story, but I know where I've been, and I know where I am now, and I know where I'm going. So, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. So now, <laughs> Thank you. here here's a word Ooh. that we talk a lot about on the show. These last couple of words are words that we talk a mm-hmm. lot about. The first one is purpose, purpose. Mm. Okay, so purpose. We're going to break this one down, too, because I talk about purpose a lot. I, um, in my, when I teach my masterminds, I teach purposeful results. I don't want people just mm-hmm. to get results or just to win in life. I want you to mm-hmm. win on purpose within your purpose, not take from someone else. We're not trying to get anything else. We want to get what's for us, our gift, right? So I'm very big about people making money, earning money, and living in their purpose. Now here's the thing. There's a difference between purpose and assignment. Mm-hmm. That I'm going to be in my purpose. I don't know my purpose. That irritates me to I cannot stand. I cannot stand when people say, I don't know my purpose. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Just sit down and relax. Everyone has the same purpose as far as I'm concerned. Your purpose mm-hmm. is to serve in your gift with the love. That's it. Serve with your gift in love. Mm-hmm. Just do what you're good at and love what you're doing. Serve, serving, loving, and gifts. That's all is our purpose. Now, the problem you have with that is what is your assignment? How do you do your gifts? You may not know mm-hmm. all your gifts. All your gifts may not be revealed to you. So when people say, I don't know my purpose, no, 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 no. You know your purpose. Maybe you don't know all your gifts. Maybe you don't know how to serve. That's a, a lot. People don't know how to even serve. What it means to actually give to someone without thinking you're being weak or I'm not going to do that. I mean, that's, come on. Serving sometimes means you putting somebody first or you teaching. That's an, also another part of service mm-hmm. is teaching. And then uh, last one I said in love, and I think a lot of people don't love what they do. Therefore, they feel like they're not in their purpose. No, your assignment 
is to do something in love. Just because you're having a hard time somewhere, maybe your assignment is to show the love of God in that place. Maybe your assignment is to be the best typist or the best um, briefer mm-hmm. at that time or the best whatever. Who knows what your assignment is, but your purpose is to do what you do, your gift, serve means to give it without respect to something back, but do it in love because you enjoy it. I wake up every morning and I enjoy what I do. And the people say, well, it's easy for you to be in purpose. No, I have a good assignment. I quit my job and started my own business because God told me this is where you're going to do your gift I gave you in this assignment. But I was in the military for 25 years, totally different assignment, but I was still teaching. I was still doing what I'm doing now. I had a podcast there. I did radio shows there. You couldn't stop me. And, by the way, I put on a weapon and went and deployed. But in between, I knew what my gifts were, was to mentor and love on people. It doesn't change. Your purpose doesn't change. You know what you're here for. It's how you're going to do what you're going to do. So that's what I think about purpose. That's good. That's good. (laughs) So now, now, from, from the way that you broke purpose down, what do you mm-hmm. say to those who say, okay, I get what you're saying. I don't know what my gift is. Okay, favorite one. Your gift is whatever you, what do, and it's so cliche, where we're like, well, what does someone tell you to do and you wouldn't have to get paid, that you would do what it says for free or something if you had yeah. all the money in the world, you know, yeah. you if heard you that, all the, like that. If it, money wasn't a yeah. problem and you could mm-hmm. do it for free, what is it that you would do? Right. So I do believe in those. I think it's kind of like a, a blast kind of thing. So I know people have heard of that. So this is what I would tell you then. What I believe your gifts are, you need to go and seek one yourself. Um, I always tell people, mm-hmm. write down what do you like to do. Also, if you have a trusted family member, good mama, friend, somebody, what do they always tell you? Like, girl, you always doing that. Boy, you just love, I love the way you always helping the little kids. You're really good at basketball. Whatever they mm-hmm. say you're really good at stuff, that's usually your gift. So I'm going to use my daughter as an example. Her gift is art. She loves art. She loves helping. Mm-hmm. She loves fixing things. And she's been destined her gifts since she was like a baby because she draw, drew on everything, like my floor, my cabinet, everything. She just, she just said, Mommy, I have to express myself. Mommy, I have, I, have, I have something. I have to write it. I said, okay, so your gift is that you're going to have to express yourself and you have art forms to give and to show people how you feel. Okay. So now she's always helping people and always listening to people, and now she's not really too much into the art and writing, but her art now comes into writing stories. She now likes to write poetry. But no matter what, her mm-hmm. gift is to express, but it's just her assignment mm-hmm. is how she's going to express herself. But she loves to do that. She just said, I love just to give people what I think. Okay, now let's see how we can do that. And just allow, so I think everyone has good gifts. And I don't, I don't know, Cliff, that's a hard one. Because I'm, I'm thinking now, still, my answer, like, truly believe you know your gifts. You just, oh, mm-hmm. oh, oh, okay, give me a minute, give me a minute. I just saw something. The scripture that has the one talent, the two talent, and the five talent. Mm-hmm. Okay, five. remember the master? Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, the one to two to five, right? Okay, everyone, stick with me on this. I just saw this vision. Everyone is given gifts, talent, money, however you want to say it. Okay, but we're going to use gifts in this example. 
is given gift from the master, God. Some gave one, some gave two, thinking five. It depends on your ability, right? Now, right, the right. one with one hit it. He knew mm-hmm. he had it. He hit it, acting like it wasn't worth anything. Just hit it like it right. had no value, you know, and it said, well, I'm going to bring it right back to you the way it is. The one that had two was like, okay, let me go out and see what I'm going to do. He made a loss, he made a risk, but he took a risk and tried, came back with four. The one with five came back with ten. Now, oof, and you know there's something into double because I'm a financial advisor. Mm-hmm. So I always teaching people you got you better right. double your money because that's biblical. For, that's I'm gonna slip that right. in real quick. If you ain't doubling your money, it's biblical. You're supposed to come back with double fold. So the one that hid had his talent. He had something, but felt he wasn't valuable. Felt he would lose it. So he was scared to use it. He was remember he said he was fearful. So usually most yeah. people have gifts, and I don't think Cliff people are saying like I don't know my gift. I think you know your gift. I think you're still you're fearful. I'm gonna call you out. I think you have fear. I think mm-hmm. you're holding on mm-hmm. to it because you're scared of rejection. Are you scared of not of failing? You don't want to take the risk like the person with two gifts and five gifts, and you need to take that risk because you're not gonna multiply and you're not gonna really know all you can do with whatever unless you go out there. So I think it's more you do know your gift, you just have a fear of actually using it and trying to see if you can make it into something. And those also, and I'll leave it alone, but that's also the same people that get upset with the ones that was given two or five gifts. I tease everybody and when we do networking stuff, and I'm kind of one of those kind of people, if you guys can tell, I really believe I'm God's favorite daughter. And I tell people, don't get mad at me because he gave me five talents. Don't get mad because right, I came back right, with right. ten. I wasn't scared. Because trust me, I dropped some, lost some, failed some. But mm-hmm. by the grace of God, I still came back out with something to give back to him. You know, I didn't, I didn't make right. all ten. I lost something in the, in the process of trying to bring ten back to him. But people think that you have to be perfect, and they fear, and because that – they're scared to be because they're scared to take that risk or scared to not to have rejection. They hide their gifts. And the short answer, you know your gift. You're just scared. That's it. At least I'll be and, that and that's what I, <laughs> no. I was hoping we got to that. That's that's exactly where I was hoping we got to because I was um uh, I wanted to bring across the point that many people know exactly what it is, but they have spent their whole life looking at what somebody else does and the capacity that somebody else does it in. So now they minimize their gift, their talent, their ability. They minimize the influence they could have because now they're measuring it against somebody else. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say... I love that. I know I sound... I sound good. I do know I sound good. I'm not going to tell you I know I sound good. But because I can't sing like this person or because somebody told me, because in my workshops I make people close their eyes and they got to go back to first grade and second grade when (laughs) you gave the wrong answer and everybody laughed at you and you made up your mind in second grade that I will never step out and take a risk again because I don't want to be laughed at. And mm-hmm. I believe that until we can get beyond that, 
and get beyond the person that pulled our chair out and we fell down, we'll never be able to uh, maximize our purpose by walking in our assignment. I, I definitely agree there. Like the one, the two, the five, the, <laughs> the master, I knew you're a hard master. His whole mm. perception of the master was wrong. <laughs> he was so focused yeah, you... on the wrong thing. You know, that he, yeah. he didn't understand the opportunity that was presented before mm-hmm. him. And I always tell people, you have to know the opportunity that is presented. Did I always know it? Absolutely not. Well, did I always know it? I'm going to say yes. Did I always exercise it? No. <laughs> I'm like you. Mm-hmm. I dropped some. You know, <laughs> I broke some. Some came back a little damaged. But I learned and brought them back, and that's the key thing, guys. You're out there. You have it. Use it. Start on whatever level you need to start on because you will never, it will never grow and mature until you take the time to allow it to be exercised. So that's it. I agree. I agree totally with that. All right. So the last word for the game is transformation. Transformation. Okay, so transformation is becoming more of yourself. You have to do transformation means to me you have to really, I just see myself becoming more like um, it's kind of almost like shedding your skin, if you will. I think in this Mm -hmm. is nothing but a vessel, right? And as we grow up, we were were infants all the way to adult. I believe, and one of the things I talk to my young ladies about is, when do we stop growing? And especially my older mm-hmm. mothers, and they look at me and they're like, what do you mean? I'm too old for this. I'm like, honey, when do you stop growing? Remember these diapers? You couldn't wait till the baby got to walking. You couldn't wait to get to kindergarten. You couldn't right. wait to high school and college. But then it gets the point where we were young, mommy and daddy, even ourselves, were waiting to get to the next level. Then there's something in your 40s and 50s. You just said this is the finish line. No, it's not. Yeah. You got to keep not transforming and keep going to the next level. Now, it may not be a school, it may not be a PhD, but in the spirits realm, you still have classes. You still yeah. have assignments. You still have things to work on until that time has come. Well done. Until well done comes, you got to keep transforming yourself and becoming a better version of what the almighty blew inside. Ooh, Lord, I won't preach. When he blew that, that <laughs> spirit in you. Like, I, I just I felt like preaching right, there. Right. Like, that, that spirit, that is the essence. Like, you got the breath of God in you. You ain't done. Yeah. You, you're not done. Yeah. You're not done. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Ooh, no. Uh, and okay. that, that's what I, I always <laughs> tell people, too. And I'm like, you, we, sometimes we don't get it. He breathed his breath mm. into us to bring forth life. And then it said that we were shaped in his likeness and his image. Then it said the same power that raised Jesus from the dead resides inside of us. Yes. The sad part is that we don't even realize the power that's inside of us. And that's, mm. that's what I really want us to begin to understand. Like if we can just... We don't have to understand the fullness of the power, 
But if we can begin to understand just a little teeny bit of that power, then we can begin to make some some major moves and and Mm -hmm. help transform this world because our world is sick right now. You know, we're going through this pandemic. Everybody's searching for an answer. Everybody's searching for something. Like, it, it is the most vulnerable state that the entire world has ever been in while I've been alive. You know, it may have been some other mm-hmm. things before. I've never experienced anything like this. And everybody is searching for something. And if we can just take this time with ourselves, let ourselves be rebuilt, like you said, take that knee, then we'll understand the problems that we were created to solve. And then, like you said, we can monetize that. Now, let's talk about the monetization (laughs) of the gift, because I read that in your bio. uh, When I first read your bio, and I said, oh, this is it right here, I said, because (laughs) that's what's absent a lot of times. We're sitting here working six, seven jobs, stressed out, and, you know, not making very good financial decisions. So how do we get to that place where we learn how to monetize those gifts? Okay, this is this is where I love. I love talking about this. Thank you. So I mm-hmm. am one of those faith-based persons, people that do believe in money. Money is not evil. Money is their own thing. And when I have yeah. money, which is nothing but a resource, it allows me to build and help those who cannot take care of themselves, such as young kids, yeah. widows, and older people. And also it allows me to leave an inheritance for my family. Now, I say little words like that because we're not going to argue about what is written. Now, when we're talking about monetizing your gift, what it say? Your gift will make room for you. It will bring you mm-hmm. before uh, great people, correct? So in the world, before we had so-called businesses, you used to monetize your gift. The baker baked and changed his gift for shoes. The shoemaker made shoes. The tailor tailor, um, the seamstress made clothes. So business is this new way thing we used to call, but back then, monetizing and trading your gifts was a way of life. We got out of that. Mm-hmm. Now we go even deeper down and out of when we came out of slavery, and this is for African Americans and for black Americans. I always hit them on this mm-hmm. is remember your gifts and your talent. Yes, you was a maid. My family, my great grandmothers were maids, but they got paid for their service because they had the gift to clean. They had the gift to cook. They had the gift to take care of children. She also had a gift to do a piano teaching. So what it means is whatever ability that you have, once again, we said is about serving your gifts and love, you should get paid for that. So how do we do that? Mm-hmm. You, just, you just do it. So my gift is teaching. I come up, and now with technology, you said you can get with Zoom or you can get some kind of program put together a, a yes. teacher. You can teach outside or before the, the library. We used to do the library. Uh, I used to get a room out there before the pandemic, but now I do it all mm-hmm. online. And I didn't charge anything. I said, hey, you guys, this is a subject I love to talk about. If you're willing to listen, here. And people were willing to listen and willing to donate. So if you're putting out value, people will pay you for that value. And, mm-hmm. and another thing, you need a strategy. And this is where I would tell people, um, Cliff, I do have like a free um, 
mastermind I'm doing with women, I'm, I'm a tither. So one of my things I tithe is mm-hmm. my gifts and my time. Mm-hmm. So for one hour a week, I give my time to anybody that comes on and say, can you help me with my business? And that's what I do. Mm-hmm. And um, they can do that. It's Insight Mastermind Circle. It's a Facebook group. You guys get in there. Just try me. Get in there. Tell me your gifts and say, how do I monetize it? I'll figure it out. I have a group of young ladies in there with me. We will work together to help you be successful. But I believe truly anything could be monetized. You just have to, I mean, mm. look at now, everyone making masks, Cliff. Think about the, the yeah. money people are making with that situation. And it's Absolutely. supposed to be a healthcare. People are getting paid, Absolutely. making money. <laughs> yes. One of my friends sent me a mask from Texas. He's a fashion designer. I'm telling you, it. it I, I love what you said and how you paralleled it to the time passed. They did what their gift was, and they were paid for it. Now, do you believe, because I, this is just my belief with this pandemic, uh, prior to this pandemic, I had a show in December, and uh, God had dealt with me prophetically concerning 2020. And he had told me that 2020 was going to be the year of the creative. It was a year that he mm. was going to shift the creative into the forefront. Okay. Now I didn't. I didn't. Mm-hmm. He didn't tell me about the pandemic. I'm not pandemic. I'm not going to sit mm-hmm. here and, and pretend he told me that. You know, some people pretend yeah. some stuff, but I'm not going to pretend that. But he told me about the shift that was about to take take place. Do you believe that the pandemic now has positioned us? in a way to go back to that model of financial freedom and structure to where we can take those principles that were taught before and now apply them and attach them to the gifts that we have, and now we can begin to see some of those financial freedoms. Absolutely. So one of the things I do have, so I I teach my own money system. Like you said, I still do financial planning, and I teach my own Mm -hmm. system for, especially for women and their families to receive financial freedom. And the biggest thing I was uh, saying when God was speaking to me about 2020 was still vision, right? Everyone was talking about the vision 2020. Mm -hmm. I still Mm -hmm. say we have a vision. And I went into prayer, and I asked God, because I know what I heard. 2020 is mm-hmm. still the year of vision, like you said. It's to shift people, right? It depends on how you yep. see 2020. Mm-hmm. People thought 2020 right. means it's going to be clear and walk through. No, 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 no. Because mm-hmm. I also mm-hmm. heard him say this is the year to plant. And I was telling people, like, mm-hmm. when I have a talk I did in January before the pandemic, and I'm like you, I didn't see anything, but I was telling people when I was mm-hmm. teaching, this is the year to plant. No matter what happens mm-hmm. or what you do, you need to have in your mind that you're going to win. This is your year because you're going to be pushing to another realm. So whatever you sow, whatever you believe in, whatever you do, it will come back. So this is the year not to get weary. This isn't the year to change your mind. Then this hits. So then all my friends and people mm-hmm. are talking to you like, see, it's not this. I said, oh, be careful what you're planning. Mm-mm. If right, you plant right, doubt, right. negativity, it will come back to you. I said, right. the word, I'm telling you, if you say, okay, this is a time for, like you said, the reset, the rest. This is a time for mm-hmm. monetization. This is a time for your finances. And we teach multiple streams of income. I'm a big proponent yes. for that. I believe when yes. I teach people how yes. to 
Uh, one, protect your family. We do we call it the money pie. So we teach you how to protect your family with insurance, estate, and disability insurance because a lot of people need disability insurance. Then we talk about mm-hmm. multiple streams of income because financial freedom is when you get to the point in your life where you have the freedom to make decisions if you want to go to that job or not. So myself, yeah. I ended up quitting my job recently. I did have a corporate job along with my hustles and everything else I did. But my business and the hustles and everything else I was doing were kind of – I need, I can't serve two masters, right? You have to pick where you're going to put your right. attention at. So I let go of the corporate job. People are like, oh, my gosh. You get, that's a, I said, yeah, but that was controlling me. So I had to let go of that, but because I had three, four, five other sources of income coming in, I can let that go. I had the freedom to say, okay, Lord, shift me and let me know where to go. And that's what that, when you're saying the shift, I love shifting because when you have economic freedom, you can shift. And like these business owners, yes, your business have one stream of income. Maybe you're like the, um, uh, like restaurants, some of the restaurants shift and went more to drive through and went more to do. You yeah. have to be able to ship and adapt and move with the, with the flow. And those who did, Absolutely. did well and sustained and mm-hmm. didn't go out of business. But the ones that freaked out and said, well, I can't do nothing, you shift it out of, you just gone. So you, right. I think nothing will ever promise to us it's going to be clear and um, what you call it, smooth selling. So, mm-hmm. yes, yes, this is definitely a year for economic. And I'm, that's yeah. what most of the stuff I'm teaching now. I have more women now want to start businesses, and they want to talk about money mm-hmm. now. I said, oh, now we want to talk about money. All right, let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, and, I, I've been and I'm glad. about this money thing. <laughs> and I'm glad they, they called on to it because sometimes we can be so easily distracted by clutter and everything that else that's going on that we miss the blessing of what's going on. And I know, and I'm very sensitive to the amount of deaths that have taken mm-hmm. place during the pandemic. I'm very sensitive mm-hmm. to that. But I also tell those that are still here, that still purpose behind it. And my, my pastors used to always tell us, in everything, find your place of praise. Find the place of praise wrapped in everything. And I told them, wrapped in this is an opportunity for you to sit down and write out that business plan. Write out a vision plan for your life, more importantly. Write mm-hmm. that thing out mm-hmm. first. If you're going to do a vision board, you're going to do whatever it is you're going to do, do something and connect it to some action because you have nothing but time right now, and mm. time can't you can't get that that time back when you waste it. Now God can speed some things up, but you know time is very important. And sometimes I think you were talking about how you tied your time, your gift, and the time that you tied. And I think sometimes we are missing. Some people are missing the gift of time that has been given to them while we're in the pandemic. Mhm. Yeah, I wrote I wrote um, two books. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm reading an e-book now. I took the time. I was like, oh, let me redo my curriculum. That's what I did with the time. I was like, oh, okay, since I don't have to drive and do all these network me- meetings right. anymore. I decided to say, okay, where can I focus and put my effort at? But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I just love how you were talking about, like, just the financial freedom. And yeah. I am also very – 
sensitive to everything as well. I want people all to think like I'm not sensitive to it, but also because I had this conversation with somebody because I'm military and I've seen so many deaths and I've seen so many things and I've had multiple deployments. Yeah. And I was like, it was hard, but once you see things like that and you feel things in mind to tell a parent, it wasn't worth, you know, and then I am. So I'm always, mm-hmm careful and understand everyone's sensitivity yes. and where they are. Yes. But also I believe in the almighty too, where exactly. I just, I, I just, I just said, Lord, I love you. I don't know it all, but I just, you yeah. know, I pray faith and grace over everyone, you know, and even everyone myself knows. have grace, mercy on everyone. And only, you know, the reasons for whatever, you know? So. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now, you said you've written uh, two books. How soon are they going to be coming out? Okay, so both of them are on um, Amazon now. So the first book I have, okay. I just did an update to it. It's called Insight 2020, okay. um, Applying mm-hmm. Lessons to it, um, Advance in Life and Career. So you can pick that up on Amazon or you go to my website, wandabooth.com. It's really easy. And um, you can get it directly from me and I'll find it. Now, the second book, I have to put it on my website. But when we're talking about mental health, I work with some young ladies and I do like some big sister mentoring. And one of the things, and I also have a child, I have a 15-year-old daughter myself. And a lot of these little girls, I'm trying to get young women into therapy. That's my thing. So that's my other gig when we're talking about changing the um, world. One of the things I'm trying to do is start younger. I want you to go to therapy and get all that ugh off of you at 13, 14, 15, 16 years old so you're not 30 and 40 in your third relationship or, you know what I'm saying? So I'm trying to get these young girls healed before the age of 18. So that's my mission. So in doing that, I have some girls, some like therapy, some don't. So I wrote a book called You Matter Most, and it helps build your confidence, and it helps you cope with anxiety because a lot of the young girls, were the two things I've heard most was their confidence, they didn't want to speak, they didn't want to be seen, they were scared about their bodies, you know, the way they look. And then second mm. was, their anxiety. Everyone kept using this buzzword. Ma'am, you don't understand, Miss Juan. I have anxiety. My anxiety. I'm like, you don't. What, what is it? <laughs> Tell me what anxiety is. You just telling me you have this thing. So they keep using this buzzword. So I started doing worksheets and started doing journaling because I teach journaling, but they didn't know what to write. So that was the other issue. I don't know what to write. So I just went ahead and made up this whole book, and now um, I used it with my daughter. And um, my daughter made a comment. I said, hey, you know, how do you like this? How do these worksheets look? And she's like, oh, I like this. She's like, I wish that my therapist would use this on me. She's like, then I would I would feel better. I said, like, what do you mean? She's like, I don't like the question she's asked. I'd rather just fill out this mm. um, journal and then come in and then talk to her about what I wrote for the week. And uh, she was like, but she just wanted to ask me, like, how was your day? You know, stuff like that. And she hates doing that. And I was like, okay. And I said, well, let me put this together. So um, right now I have a couple organizations I'm looking for to look at it and see if it will be useful. And I, I'm looking at a boy version. Someone asked me, do I have one for boys? I didn't think of it. It's just I work with mm-hmm. young ladies. I didn't read the boys out. But um, mm-hmm. I just do a lot of work with the, the young ladies. But I'm looking at doing a male version of it. Um, but the same thing. But, it's yeah, it's just a journal. It's just a guided eight-week journal. Mm-hmm. And you just write down every day and you track your mood every day. 
so they can realize that every day don't suck, as they tell me. It sucks every day. No, it doesn't. Uh-huh. You just have one one bad day out of the whole month. That don't mean the whole month sucks. <laughs> don't calm <Right>. down. Trust <laughs> me. I'm like, honey, you're only 13. Trust me. <laughs> just life is good. Watch the dishes. They get mad. Awesome, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so yeah, that's it. So those are my two um, projects, and then I'm working on something for my million dollar okay. divas. So I'm helping women okay. get to a million dollar in their business. So that's our next project. Okay, okay. Now I don't know if you noticed it, but we actually talked that stuff off the air a little while ago. Yes. So I'm I'm gonna get to these last three questions. Um, okay. And like I said, after the second question, that's when I'll give you the opportunity just to give everybody your information. Uh, when your next, if you have any webinars coming up that they can sign up for, all of those things. Okay, so now the first question I like to ask off the air is, you have hit us with so much over this hour, giving us so much that we can eat on for a long time. But if the listeners forgot everything that you said tonight, what would be one thing that you would want them to remember? Hmm. So in honor of mental health, if you know you want to talk to someone, talk to someone, and if you are in therapy, talk to someone, I've been there, continue to go, even if it's just a couple times a year, a couple times, you know, once a month, don't quit. It is going to work, even though it seems good to stay faithful to the process. Awesome, awesome. And then second, on the show, we like to honor what we call transforming transformers. And transforming transformers can be mentors, pastors, spiritual leaders, those uh, people in the community that help push and motivate individuals to be the best version of themselves. Transforming transformers are those who have been transformed themselves or have submitted to the process of transformation and are dedicated to making sure that others experience it as well. Throughout your life journey, who were the transforming transformers for you? Do you have anybody you would like to shout out and just thank for being those transforming transformers in your life? Yes, I have two people for sure. They're both past. They're sitting in heaven right now. It would be Granny G, which is my grandmother, and then be my mother, Stephanie. My mom just passed away in August 2019, so I'm, not, I'm still in my year of um, grieving. Um, they're both my transforming transformers because my grandmother, as women, they both went through a lot. Um, I both went through abuse, divorces, all kinds of stuff. But at the end of the day, they always made sure we ate. They always made sure we were educated, and they always made sure we had faith. And our family was always faith, family, and education. And with my mother, my mother had me as a teen. So I would tell anybody who's a teen mother or I'm a product of a teen mother. I didn't understand a lot, her a lot. I blamed her a lot. But then when I had kids and I got older, I realized that, whoa, she was, you know, 24 already with an eight-year-old, you know. I didn't realize Mm -hmm. that. So I had to apologize for a lot of things that I said and thought 
because you don't really understand the age difference until you become a mother. And I really realized 16 was a child. She was still a child raising a child. So I had to transform my own thinking because I had some opinions. And I had a, which, you know, those left seeds in my own head. So I had to heal my own self and say sorry because hurt people hurt people. And you just realize sometimes people who love you are just hurt. And she was just a young child. So those are my two. Awesome, awesome. And now they made me who I am today. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed. And now because of what they did in your life, you're doing that in the lives of others. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about. That's why we like to honor transforming transformers on the show because many times a lot of the transforming transformers do things in the background and sometimes they're overlooked or uh, don't receive any public accolades or, or public acknowledgement, I'm sorry. And they don't even do mm-hmm. it for the public acknowledgement. But I, I purpose in my heart to make sure that we give those who are our support system and push us when we need to be pushed, fuss us out when we need to be fussed out, but encourage us when we need to be encouraged. I want to give them, you know, the forefront sometimes. They make sure we look good on the stage, so we want to sometimes bring them up on the stage as well. So so now I want you to give everybody your contact information, your website, where they can purchase your book, uh, okay. and the one thing I like about the book, I didn't get to bring this up, Insight 2020. I, I saw on a video where you said a lot of people say hindsight is 2020, but <laughs> it's not. So I want you to talk talk a little bit more about your Insight 2020, but give people your website, your social okay. media handles, and all of those things as well. Okay. So let's um, we go with the hindsight 2020. So as people would say, Hindsight is twenty twenty. I do not like that term in my company. We do not speak hindsight because to me that means you're looking back is what have coulda shoulda. And I don't leave I just excuse me, I do not live my life in what have coulda shoulda or whatever. It happened to happen, the past doesn't exist. It took a lot of mental of growing up and a lot of mental therapy and everything to realize that. So for me, all I worry about is this point this moment and what I may be able to do in the next five or ten minutes so right now I have to watch my behavior watch the what I think watch what I say and stay focused for the future so it's all about the insight so when we talk about insight is take those lessons those mistakes those failures I'm not saying it didn't exist what I'm saying is we're not going to focus on it or say that I I wish I would have done that no now that you know today Today, you're going to make that new decision because in 2020, we're going forward with a new mind, new um, responsibilities, but also with new wisdom. So we look forward yes. to And that's what we do with Insight 2020. Take those lessons and move forward to your advancement. We can't worry about the past. Just make new decisions now. Now, and now you guys can get me. My name is Wanda Booth, and Wanda is W-A-N-D-A. Booth, B-O-O-T-H, and you put it together. That's my website is wandabooth.com. The name of my company is called Insight, Masterminds with an S, dot com. I do believe in Insight, and I do believe in Masterminds. And so you put that together, and there go my company, and there you will find a link to the book. Insight 2020 is on there. 
if you want to look at the You Matter Most, if you know somebody or an organization, I'm always I'm trying to donate these books. I'm also trying to get in the hands of young people or young women who just need to talk, figure out ways to build their self-confidence. Reach out to me. Um, our email address is either uh, Wanda at InsightMasterminds.com or my success team, and it's just success team at InsightMasterminds.com as well. Uh, my team will get my emails for me. And right now, we're, we're doing a lot of stuff for free, so we have a lot of giveaways and stuff because we're just believing giving. So the first major thing is on Facebook, Insight Mastermind Circles, a Facebook group. Go in there, become a member, come join, become one of my Mastermind Divas. I help you with your business. I do go in there live, so there's no fake person. It's me. I do not charge for that. That's my gift back to God to say, I'm here to help you. If you want to excel, there's no need to pay for coaching, I will help you. Um, the other thing I'm doing is called my Million Dollar Insights. It's also for women business owners. It's, we're not trying to tell you it's all about money, uh, but we use the million dollars because if you know the statistics, less than 2% of women who are in business, which there's over 30% of women in business, do not even earn near the million dollar mark. But yet men are like 3.5 more likely to have more money. And women business owners are also in more debt and also using their personal finances mm. to um, fund their business, which is not a business. So we're trying to help more women stay in business, especially during this whole corona thing. We've seen that if your finances weren't correct, you probably lost your business or your business suffered. And that money you know, do the math, some of that money will have to be um, repaid if you got to the CARE Act so, or the PPP. So what we're doing is we're trying to help women get to the million-dollar mark. You can find it on my website. is right there. It's a free webinar, wandabooth.com. It's on Eventbrite. Just register. And if you can't make it that day, register anyway because we will have a replay, and you can get back in on the replay of it. So that's it. That's awesome, all I'm doing awesome. now, I think. <laughs> awesome. Now, I end, just like I start the conversation with the same question to everybody, I end the conversation with the same question to everybody as well. So okay. my last question to you tonight is, who is God to you? Mm. <sighs> God to me is just, once again, my friend, is my exhale. God to me, I picture me now, my eyes are closed, and he says, God to me, I immediately close my eyes and bow my head and exhale. God to me is my breath. He is my being. He is, he is my cover, and I am just grateful. So God to me is, by me, I am the vessel. And I'm just blessed. So that's God. He, he's everywhere and inside me. That is my God. Amazing. See, guys, those that are listening and you listen faithfully, you you can tell the same testimony. I ask this question to everybody for a reason as well. We don't get the same answers when we ask this question. And the reason why I do that is is because I want us all to come to a place where we understand that our consciousness of God can be expanded when we have conversations with people that are packed with purpose. 
each and every one of us has experienced God in a different capacity and different dimensions. But when we connect with each other and we share our stories, we're being introduced to God in a whole nother way. So don't close yourself from being introduced to God through individuals that you sometimes would never talk to because sometimes that may be your greatest introduction to the next dimension of God that you need for your personal life. So, Wanda, again, I thank you for joining us on tonight. Listening audience, I thank each and every one of you because without you, there would be absolutely no show. We're back here on Monday with another show. Make sure you tune in at 10 p.m. to find out who's going to be on the show and all of our upcoming shows, as well as to listen to the replay of all of our previous shows. You can visit www.trans, the number four, mason.info. If that's too much for you, just visit my website, www.cliftonpettyjohn.com. There's a tab there. You can also find my podcast there. You'll find services. Everything's right there. You'll find it. Connect with me on social media. Simply type in Clifton Petty John. And as I always say to each and every one of you, first of all, I want you guys to know that you are amazing. You are amazing. You are absolutely amazing and greatness is inside of you, and that's why this program exists. This program exists for you to become more aware of the greatness that is inside of you. So I hope tonight, and I believe if you listen tonight, you're walking away with a greater awareness of the greatness that's inside of you. And since you're walking away with a greater awareness, as I always say, create a great day, walk with purpose, and by all means, Execute your vision. Peace. Can you identify any areas in your life where stagnation is manifesting? Now, I know some of you might say, no, I can't. Well, I want us to look at stagnation for what it really is. Some people have identified stagnation as something that's not growing or that's not producing. I don't believe that stagnation. To me, stagnation can also be that, yes, we're growing. Yes, we're producing. However, we're growing and producing in a manner that's disrespectful to the purpose and the greatness that resides inside of us. And listen, we all have areas where we can identify that we could be doing a lot better in. There's greater potential in those areas than we are experiencing. And guess what? I have a tool that will help you begin to experience transformation in those areas of stagnation in your life. And that tool is called From Stagnation to Transformation. That's right. That is my book, From Stagnation to Transformation. So I want you to head over to my website, www.cliftonpettyjohn.com. I want you to hit there. I want you to hit the Transformation tab. There you're going to find a free preview of my book. That's right, a free preview of my book. And I promise you, after you read the preview, you're going to want to invest in your personal transformation through purchasing the book. So, again, hit over there, purchase the book. Let me know you purchased it. Here's what I always say, guys. 
If you purchase the book, you read the book, you apply the principles in your life, and yet you still are stagnant in the areas that you are applying them to, and you're not experiencing any transformation, and you can prove to me that you have applied these principles, I will give you a a 100% refund. That's right, a 100% refund. Why? Because I believe in the application of the principles that are outlined in this book. So again, visit www.cliftonpettyjohn.com and purchase your copy of From Stagnation to Transformation. So I know you've heard me talk a lot about working with people in entertainment, and perhaps you don't necessarily work in entertainment. And if you do, you may not need a full overhaul at the moment. However, you may be facing a challenge or working on a project that you could use objective perspective or expertise on. Um, This is why I offer consulting. Here are the areas I can help you in. Branding, marketing, creative strategy, spiritual development, identity strategy, style and image, content strategy, entrepreneurship. I would love to work with you to navigate your challenge or to enhance your project. If you want to book a one-time session or inquire about a short-term consulting relationship, you can do both by visiting YourSupernormal.com. Let's get it.